Welcome to Further Africa's Last Week, our weekly news roundup of the most read news on furtherafrica.com. I'm Rafael Carvalho and Emmanuel Chilampuma is joining me to review the news for this week. Hi Emmanuel, how are you? I'm good, how about yourself? Oh, I'm great. Uh, revitalized by a one-week vacation I just came back from. I hope you had a good time. Oh yes, I sure did. But before we get back to business, let us remind our listeners that they can email us on last week at furtherafrica.com and also find us on most social media platforms. I'll actually put the links to our social media profiles in the podcast description, as a few listeners have recently suggested. The news we are discussing today are for the week of August 30th to September 6th. Let's then move on to our top five. Emmanuel, the fifth most read news talks about Kenya's recent trend of domestic tourism and how the country's airlines have recently experienced an increase of passengers opting for traveling internally. This is replicated on several other African countries, as I remember having reported news about Tanzania, Botswana, South Africa, among others which have also been promoting domestic tourism. As you know, Emmanuel, I have just come back from my own one-week vacation and I also opted to travel domestically. Although I'm not in Africa, I would guess that one would prefer to travel in their own country for several reasons. You feel safer not having to stay in an airplane for hours on end, you won't need to adapt to a different country's rules, and you also want to support tourism in your country, financing local businesses who really depend on people's support and engagement now more than ever. And until a vaccine comes our way, this seems to be the new normal, right, Emmanuel? Yes, um, absolutely. I feel that um, local tourism um, or traveling locally um, at this point um, is going to be beneficial um, for developing um, African economies as well as um, other global economies. Um, then again, you know, we've um, seen that this has now become the trend um, in many countries. Um, as you've mentioned earlier, um, most people don't really want to um, uh, sort of um, have to deal with or experience the, the, the challenges that most people are facing at the moment um, when traveling overseas. So it seems more sensible um, to travel locally. Um, but then again, you know, the main thing that um, we should all be um, also be aware of is um, the price hikes um, in um, local tourism as you know I feel that um, the local players are now or some might actually be taking advantage of the, the current situation um, to actually um, sort of pocket from, from the whole experience. Okay, so on to our fourth most read news which is about Africa's trade with members of the Dubai Chamber of Commerce and Industry having increased 20% in June, which is confirmation that Africa has long been a market of strategic importance to Dubai. With the African continental free trade area right around the corner, Africa will become even more attractive as a trade market and investment destination, and this is where investment hubs such as Dubai can play a decisive role in jumpstarting the next evolutionary step for Africa's development. 
filling existing gaps such as infrastructure, energy and food security. So Emmanuel, could you share with us your insights on this? Yeah, sure. I mean, as the article says itself, um, um, exporting to um, Africa from Dubai has um, actually increased. And, you know, we've seen that the, um, the trade relationship um, between Africa and Dubai over the years um, has actually been um, has actually been very significant um, for both um, parties. Um, and, you know, we we continue to actually see um, the involvement of um, Dubai-based companies or private investors actually wanting to um, get involved in projects in Africa. Um, and, you know, with the introduction, obviously, of the um, free continental uh, trade area, we will continue to actually see um, this relationship um, growing even further. And, um, you know, the, the, the fact that um, the free continental free trade area um, will actually enable or will ease the, the, the restrictions of doing business um, in many African countries. Um, this will continue to actually make Africa a much more attractive um, continent for investments um, in the future. Now let's move on to our third most read news. Here we have the news that Russian Zimbabwean mining venture Great Dyke Investments or GDI is expecting to raise up to $500 million in funding for its platinum mining venture. Uh, GDI is equally owned by Russia's VI Holding and Zimbabwe's Landela Mining Venture with a 50% share each. Uh, Emmanuel. Zimbabwe is aiming to find solace in its mining sector as it faces an unprecedented economic crisis with hyperinflation, depreciation of its currency and shortage of hard cash plaguing the country. The main driver of this mining push promoted by Zimbabwe's government seems to be platinum, a versatile precious metal whose demand is mostly dictated by the industry and not investors. Platinum is used in many industrial processes, especially the auto industry, which accounts to approximately one-third of its current production. So as a short-term solution, what do you think of this strategy, Emmanuel? Um, I mean, it seems to be um, a very, it's a, it's a very strategic um, solution, I would, I would say. Um, right. You know, considering that um, obviously, you know, plat Zimbabwe is actually one of the biggest um, platinum <laughs> producers um on the continent um and also the fact that um you know the, the the country has faced some economic challenges and you know the main two sectors um where i feel that you know the the country could actually um resolve some of its issues you know especially to deal with um, foreign currency um and all the shortages um, or, or the challenges that the country um, is facing um, is likely to be um, in the mining industry or at least in the agriculture industry considering that uh, considering that those are the two uh, main sectors that actually uphold the Zimbabwean economy. Our second most read news is about renewable energy. It details a cooperation between Namibia and Botswana in partnership with Power Africa, 
a United States government entity whose goal is to propel investment in Africa's electricity infrastructure. Uh, Emmanuel, I'd like you to share more details about this deal as well as your take on Africa's current energy situation, which we both know is seeing increased interest from development finance institutions and private investors alike. Uh, one thing they all seem to agree is that the cleaner energy mix is the way forward. So what do you think, Emmanuel? Yes, um, you know, um, I think, you know, the this deal between um, Namibia um, and Botswana is actually um, a very uh, progressive idea, I would say. Um, this is mainly because, you know, um, the two countries heavily rely on other countries um, for their electricities and, you know, the infrastructure they currently have in place um, isn't um, actually sort of ideal to meet uh, the current um, demand um, by the, the local communities um, in both countries. And, you know, uh, moving forward, we've again seen that uh, there is an interest um, from development finance um, institutions um, where you know, cleaner energy or solar energy um, has now become the the sort of answer to um, the power energy issues um, in 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 uh, many African countries. And you know, um, I think uh, we spoke um, a while ago actually um, regarding um, southern Southern Africa's um, reliance on uh, South Africa to provide yes, we did. Um, yeah. electricity. Um, and, you know, in order to actually, um, in order for that region to actually uh, move forward, I think that, um, you know, having solar power in place um, could actually be beneficial, not only for, you know, just Botswana and Namibia, uh, but also for the region. And, you know, moving, I think it would give the, the, um, the region or the whole continent actually an opportunity to move away from um, traditional energy and to much um, sustainable and cleaner energy, um, which could actually be beneficial for so many people for years to come. Our most read news for this week is about hope, as it was for last week's. If you remember, in our previous episode, our number one news was about clinical studies for a COVID-19 vaccine taking place in South Africa and how that could mean that the African continent will be able to manufacture and distribute doses to all its inhabitants. This time, it's Mozambique's turn, as the government has started the second phase of more relaxed social restriction rules by reopening cinemas, theaters, casinos, gyms, driving schools, among others, starting on September 1st. Uh, so Emmanuel, we have touched upon this last week on how difficult it is to gauge and come up with the correct formula between how much economic activity should be allowed while curbing the spread of a virus we still don't know all about in reality. Uh, it's trial and error, really, where you learn from other countries' mistakes. Africa has the advantage, if we can call it that, of being the latecomers to this global pandemic and thus can learn more with much less of the trial and error phase. Uh, what's your take, Emmanuel? Well, I mean, you know, um, the the country has been in lockdown for over five months now. 
Um, and obviously, right. we know that the economic activities um, in the country uh, pretty much um, came to a halt, uh, mainly because, you know, of the restrictions that were in place. Um, and, you know, um, the if we actually look at the, the, the education sector, uh, once again, you know, um, there wasn't any um, measures in place where um, school children um, could actually, let's say, learn online. Um, so, you know, they, it slowed down a, a, a lot of things um, yeah. to, to a point where, you know, the, the, the country itself couldn't continue to actually function um, the way it was um, functioning or operating. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, this is um, a, a positive move um, by the government. Uh, but then at the same time, I only see or I feel that um, there has to actually be um, very strict measures um, to be in place um, in order for, you know, um, this actually, uh, for this virus to actually be contained. Otherwise, you know, um, we may actually find ourselves in another position where, um, you know, the the number of cases um, either increase um, or, you know, we might actually um, find a lot of a lot of people um, actually being afraid to even, you know, leave their homes or actually attend work and stuff. So just as long as there is um, appropriate measures in place um, to protect um all groups um, in society, I think um, that would be a good start uh, before obviously um, reopening um, the economy um, to uh, the rest of the to the rest of the country. All right, and on this mostly positive note, we are wrapping up this episode of Further Africa's last week. First of all, I would like to thank you, Emmanuel, for your time here today. Thank you for your time, Rafael. And to our listeners and subscribers, please reveal, share and interact with us on the usual social media platforms. We appreciate your support and your feedback on this path to bringing to light the best of Africa. I am Rafael Carvalho, signing off. Until next time. Music